welcome to another episode of Ryan's Method Passive Income Podcast. Here's your host, Ryan Hogue. Hey guys, thanks for joining me today. I'm here with Taylor or Taylor POD as she goes by on YouTube. Hey Taylor. Hey, how are you? Hey, thank you for being here. So I'm excited to learn more about your journey where you're aiming to double, if not more. I mean, hey, why not, you know, triple, triple your income with print on demand and uh, everything else that comes with that uh, while working your day job. I love that because I, you know, was doing all this before I quit my day job. I probably did it for like three years before I ended up leaving. Um, So I'm excited to learn more about what you've got going on. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk about it. This is definitely my passion. I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to print on demand. So I'd love to get into it with you. Yeah. And the first thing that kind of popped into my mind is what put print on demand on your radar with so many ways to make money online? I mean, it really is an interesting time to be alive if you have that entrepreneurial spirit. So what led you to print on demand? Yeah. So I wasn't really looking for a side hustle or anything like that. I was just on TikTok one night laying in bed and I had a random TikTok come up on my For You page talking about print on demand and the person who did it, I I don't even remember who it was. It probably wasn't even somebody who did print on demand and they were just promising the world, you know, here's how you make 10K a month. You just make designs, put them on an item and sell them and you don't even have to touch the product. But for some reason, it caught my interest. Um, I think I've seen kind of just different hobbies and hustles that you can do before. But this one just seemed like the most feasible. It seemed like it actually could be possible. So I decided to just do some research on YouTube, started looking up, okay, what is this print on demand thing? Found some videos that taught me a little bit about it. And I literally Amazon primed an iPad to my house so that I could get started. I didn't have a laptop. A year ago when I first started and I immediately opened up an Etsy shop and just gave it my best shot. It was that simple. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, the fact that you started with an iPad too, honestly is like, yeah. I'm like, damn, I need to work that into the hook. So it's like, you didn't even start with a computer. You started with a tablet and ended yeah. up building up this business. And you mentioned to me off camera that you, um, have you already passed six figure sales? That's really impressive. Yeah. So, um, I started October of last year. So this now October of 2023, I officially hit the $100,000 mark, which is absolutely insane. I I didn't even know that it would get to this point. Um, but it it's possible. And I should have mentioned initially that I did. I kind of briefly mentioned that you're on YouTube. So I'm going to make sure that I put your channels link at the top of the description. So everybody can go check out your channel over there, do you want to kind of describe like what you're doing? I loved your transparency. That's one of the things that like I prided myself on uh, initially when I got started too. Yeah. So the reason I really started my channel is I found that when I was looking for inspiration and trying to learn about print on demand online, a lot of the other YouTubers and creators out there, they had already been really successful. And so while that was really inspirational, it was what I was craving, I think was finding somebody who was kind of in the same boat as me and just getting started and trying to figure out the bumps along the way. So that's why I started my channel. I figured I could show the progress and also show when there's bad days, bad weeks, bad months, because it does ebb and flow. It isn't always glamorous, which it's fun to share the high revenue numbers and things like that. Obviously that gets a lot of attention 
but it does come in waves. That's just e-commerce in general. And so that was my, really my goal with starting the channel. So really what I share is my growth. I share monthly analytic videos, breaking down my revenue, my conversion rate, um, my sales and what the profit looks like. I really try to be transparent with the profit margins because again, revenue numbers can sound really glamorous, you know, a hundred thousand dollars. That sounds awesome. That's not what is sitting in my bank account. Um, it's, you know, still a really great profit, but it's important to me to show that side of things. Um, and then of course, just your traditional tutorials, tips, tricks, just kind of showing what I've learned so that others can hopefully streamline it a little bit more because I definitely had a rocky road. I took a lot of hiccups that probably would have saved me a lot of time if I knew different hacks along the way. So that's really just what I'm trying to share. No, I love that. Um, I used to, like when I was a smaller channel, I think people like view you differently, right? Uh, kind of <laughs> like you said, people don't want to see the person that is already like well-established. And I think even just like having a lot of YouTube subscribers, even if I had never done Etsy and I just wanted to start, people would look at me like kind of differently. So uh, enjoy it while your channel is not as big <laughs> as it will be in the future. Um, you know, the videos that I've seen from you have been great. So um, definitely yeah. keep that going. Like I used to do the income reports too. And honestly, it was like a two day process for me to put them together and I would do it every month. And then I got it down to like a one day process. I did it for five years and I was like, all right, I've done my time. I'm done. But uh, I still have a playlist. <laughs> but like what I always like to say is, you know, you can go to my blog or my playlist and just see like how unimpressive my numbers were. Like they really weren't anything special. And I mean, there was a lot less resources back, back then when I got started. So if you're starting today, like there's obviously more competition on a relative basis, but, um, it's, it's definitely doable. You know what I mean? And there's, you can, you can jump from not knowing what you're doing to, to feeling like you belong, you know, a lot quicker, I think. So, um, yeah. And I, I mean, when it comes to your story and when you first got started, like what is one of the initial hurdles you had to jump through in terms of like selling on Etsy? And I guess after that, do you mind also just kind of bringing it back to doing this while you have a day job? Cause I know that's something that you pride yourself on that I really respect as well. Yeah. So when I first started, um, I work a full-time job. So I had to just really find the pockets of my time, which was before work, after work. Um, I am definitely more of a morning person than a late night person. That's just how I've always been. So I would wake up early and just spend some time designing, getting up as many listings as I could. Um, really the pattern that I was able to get into, I was able to usually get up about a hundred listings a month. Um, I think just the consistency is what was important in the beginning and typically what I recommend um, to others. It doesn't matter what the number is, it doesn't have to be extreme, just has to be consistent. Um, and so that was really my focus. But as far as time, it was just when I could, fortunately, because I bought an iPad, I was able to bring it with me. So there was instances where um, during the time I started, it was football season. So we would go over friends or family's house and I'd bring my iPad and I would just work on what I was creating for my Etsy shop in pockets of time like that. Um, but that was really all that I faced struggle wise in the beginning was the time and just trying to figure out the designs, that was definitely something that was really new to me. I'm not a graphic designer. I don't think many or if any really that I've met that do print on demand are. I think I overthought a lot of designs in the beginning and that became a lot simpler as I progressed and started realizing simple does sell. I think that's something that's preached a lot, but maybe 
the advice isn't taken as much. I know I didn't take it. I'm like, what do you mean simple sells? I can't just put words on a t-shirt and sell that. Um, but it actually does work. So <laughs> I, I definitely encourage anybody to sometimes I know we're all stubborn as humans, just take every little bit of advice and maybe with a grain of salt, of course, but people are saying what works and I wish I would have listened to that sooner. <laughs> yeah. I think we need to see it for ourselves sometimes to believe it can be so simple, you know, yeah. like it, it for sure works for me. And I, one thing that I find myself saying, cause I'm one of these people, like, even if I don't know who you are, if you're an anonymous, like YouTube commenter, I, and I see like that you're about to quit. I will literally say, email me links to some of your designs. I want to see them. Yeah. And a lot of times it's like people try really hard with great intentions to make a good design, but it's not like good enough, right? Like if you're still on like the beginning of the learning curve, it's probably not going to be great. Yeah. And I'll say stuff like, Hey, like literally put a text design, white text on a dark shirt or vice versa and just start there, right? Like make it good enough that someone's willing to pay for it, you know? And like, like you said, just start kind of start simple keep it simple and, and build from there. You know, you can always make it more complicated with like asymmetrical designs and whatever later yeah. on. So. Yeah. And there's a lot of great tools. I feel like now too, like um, I've definitely used more of like templates and things like that now um, and like creating more scalable designs. I think that's really beginner friendly and just making something that can be built out to a bunch of niches, especially if you are limited in time in the beginning. I know that that's something looking back that, I wish I would have known or learned how to do earlier on. Yeah. And do you have any advice for like, maybe like specifically tailored to beginners that are doing like Etsy print on demand? Uh, I didn't ask, but I'm going to guess you like you're not on Amazon yet. Uh, one thing I would mention is like Amazon merch that I loved when you start on Amazon merch, which is how I got my initial exposure. You can only upload 10 designs max. So it's like they pace you to go from beginner to intermediate to expert through that tier system, you know, 10 becomes 25 becomes a hundred becomes 500. So any advice for like Etsy where it's almost like uncapped as a beginner. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's interesting. You mentioned that because I, I think that that's probably what works really good for Amazon because I think that it's less um, overload where, because you're limited, you probably are more focused with what you're doing where with Etsy, like you mentioned, it's, it's uncapped. So you could just get excited. I know I got excited and I'm like, all right, I'm going to be an Etsy seller, you know, let's go. And I just started doing a lot. And from my experience with working with other print on demand sellers and coaching and working with newer sellers is they're kind of just all over the place. And so I think with Etsy, the phrase niche down, I think people have heard it a million times, but I think the way from my experience, the way that you really can tap into Etsy is by niching down and showing that you're having success in specific keywords and doubling down on anything that you see success with. And I think sometimes a lot of people see, they think of success with Etsy as, oh, it's a sale. And it's like, well, no, there's more than you can, more measurable things that you can look at that show success. Is this view, is this listening getting a view? then double down on it, right? Like if it somebody saw it, it had eyeballs on it, that's a great way to direct your focus. And then from there, it's like, all right, well, this one also got a favorite. Can I make more designs in that specific niche? Can I take that design and bring that design to other niches? There's a lot of ways to go into it, but I think that the biggest mistake that I see is sellers having 
50 listings and they're all 50 different niches. And so I don't think Etsy quite understands what they're good at, especially if they're different product types as well. A Christmas ornament, a t-shirt, a mug, for example. No, I love that advice. And uh, it is interesting too, that from the Etsy's algorithm perspective on a new shop, yeah, they might be a little bit confused both at like maybe the the product listing level, if it is a new listing, no sale history. In addition to that, like, yeah, what direction is your shop really, really going? And um, I couldn't agree more with the advice. Like, I think it is kind of what you said. It's it's very scattershot often when people start on Etsy. You know, I'm going to list a t-shirt and a sweatshirt and a hoodie and a ornament and, you know, whatever else. Yeah. And maybe see what sticks. And it's like, what ends up happening is lower quality product listings. And I usually yeah. just say, if you're starting, like focus on one product type, you know, typically for me, I'd say like a t-shirt or a sweatshirt, yep. pick like one color scheme, make it either light or dark, but like predetermine what your colors are going to be. And then optimize your design to look good on like probably just one of those colors and make that your primary thumbnail and just kind of like start with yeah. that base. And then build, just build from there. But, you know, if you can get yeah. a couple good product listings done, just, just checking all the boxes, see what's possible. And I love the double down too, you know, like use the data you have, right. To, yeah. to make informed decisions moving forward. No, I, I couldn't agree more. I, it's interesting now because now I'm in to the YouTube world a little bit in any platform that you're on, whether it's Etsy, whether it's Amazon, I'm sure um, YouTube, for example, it all comes down to search engine optimization, the, the famous phrase that everybody says and talks about. But every platform, there's a reason that typically niching down on each platform works really well. A lot of those underlying SEO factors are pretty common. I mean, each site, each platform has their own little, you know, innuendos and things like that that you have to pay attention to. But it really is pretty common. And once you build that foundation, it's really easy to, you know, maybe go from Amazon to Etsy or Etsy to Amazon. You know, they all have their little specifics, but it is a very common theme amongst all of them, in my opinion. And uh, do you have any plans to expand? Like, I don't know your full story, by the way. So if I'm wrong, <laughs> but like any plans to expand beyond the scope of, uh, of just Etsy? I know you started a YouTube channel, which is a great, like, honestly, complimentary income stream, right? Eventually, it, you know, it tends to grow. Um, any, any other plans beyond like the work you've done for Etsy? Cause I, that was really kind of like my approach initially without even knowing how it was going to end up going. I went from like Amazon merch to selling print on demand on Amazon seller central to selling it on Etsy to Redbubble to eBay, to Walmart, you know, and it just keeps expanding. So do you have plans to expand or um, anything like that? I definitely would love to expand in the future. I have so many hats that I'm wearing right now that I'm focusing on mastering what I'm doing currently. Um, just like I give the advice to master one product type master, you know, one thing at a time, I'm taking my own advice, which I don't often do. Um, but that is my goal for right now. Down the line, I definitely would love to get into potentially Amazon um, outside of just e-commerce. Um, building an extra stream of income. I'd love to get into real estate. That's completely different, obviously. Um, but definitely always looking to build my streams of income, which I think most people that get into this world, get into this space, ultimately that's what they're looking to do too. Yeah. Yeah. I love that too. And, uh, it's nice having the extra income to, you know, I guess it's however you want to classify it in your mind. Like, I mean, I, I definitely will like invest some of it and, I dedicated literally like the last three and a half years of my life to becoming as much of an expert as I can in like 
the financial, like the world financial markets, basically specifically U S stock market. And it's just been, it's been great to have like the extra disposable income to play around with, like win some, lose some investments, all that good stuff. Uh, competitive, like high stakes, fantasy football. I do ridiculous <laughs> stuff, but it's like, it's like, I need to also keep myself sane from just like talking about telling, selling t-shirts all day. Yeah, no, it's funny you say that. Um, My fiance, he's fantasy football all the way. And he's like, I'm in this parlay. I put in 13 cents, but I could win six grand. (laughs) All of the different things. It's so funny. (laughs) Yeah, we all have our our quirks, right? Uh, Football, it's amazing. Um, That's what I do to keep myself sane. But uh, yeah, like, so for anybody watching that is looking to sell on Etsy, I'm assuming most people watching have already started. Like, can you give advice with the fourth quarter having begun, it's mid-October, you're going to have like probably a huge fourth quarter. If you started a year ago, I mean, this time you're established with all this, all these products. Like, um, I guess like the best way to frame the question is like, what are you doing to really capitalize on the next two months, basically? Yeah. So I think I have a unique approach. Um, I think a lot of others focus towards the holidays and focus on listing Christmas items, listing, you know, Thanksgiving Halloween, all of those different things. For one, I'll say if you're interested in holidays, Halloween, I would say that ship has come and gone. Um, It's always good to focus forward. Um, But I think of this time of year and I think about what I am purchasing as a consumer and I think about the gifts. Um, And most people aren't buying a Christmas themed gift. Um, So I really try to focus towards evergreen, focus towards things that people would be buying for others. I think that that's a really great sustainable way to not only leverage the Q4 traffic, but also have that momentum bring you into the following year. And so you can actually see success. Um, As you mentioned, this is my first like real Q4. Um, But I think what helped me last year and why I've been able to grow to the point that I have is because of the Q4 traffic. And I was able to leverage that and I focused on evergreen items last year. And I ended up having my best month in January of this year as I was starting my shop. So where most people see that dip, and I think it's because they focus on a lot of those trends and things like that, I was able to continue to climb coming out of December. Um, And so that would really be my best advice, because I think that's what most people want. They don't want to just have this surge of cash, which, you know, it's nice. Like who doesn't want an extra bonus around Christmas time? But I think most people that have started, they want to create a really sustainable income um, or extra income, whatever their goal may be. And that would be my best advice in how to maintain it. And in terms of the like mind games that we almost like kind of play with ourselves, uh, is there any like insights you can share with people that I think on average, the people who watch our channels, if I had to guess, like, even if they're successful, still think of themselves as like, I have much more potential and I'm aspiring to, to higher numbers. Like, is there some way of like framing this in your mind or in their minds that will like help keep them focused on the like long-term goals? Like for me, I would say, think of your income in terms of like dollars per day. Like that helped me visualize it. So if I was making like $5 a day, it's, it's not impressive, but if you multiply it by 365, you're like, okay, that's not that bad, even yeah. though it's the same thing, right? So like, do you have any any like little mental tricks you could share? Yeah, um, I actually like to compare, it's interesting you talk about dollars per day. I like to think about common bills that I have. Um, so I think about like my car payment, my phone bill, 
um, you know, everyday things that most of us have. And I'm like, wow, I'm making my car payment each month when I first started off. Right. And it's like, wow, now I'm paying my rent every single month since starting. And it's like, wow, now I could pay another person's rent with what I have, you know, and thinking about it in that, I think that it starts small though. It's like, okay, I filled my gas tank. I paid my phone bill, paid my car payment. I think that that can be really achievable milestones um, that you can strive for that feel really good. I think that it's good to have that gratification. You know, it's like, okay, I hit this goal. I hit this thing. Um, I think sometimes people put their energy into the things that are outside of their control. Like you can't make somebody buy your product, but you can focus on how you're spending your time. Are you doing your research? Are you listing products? Are you spending your time figuring out what designs work? You know, make goals that are in line with what you can control as opposed to maybe even monetary goals. Like, Oh, I want to hit 10 K in a month. That's out of your control to some extent. I think that's where people start to feel defeated and then they, don't want to continue that mindset piece. Yeah, definitely. And I think just from my own like inadvertent personal experience, if you start something in this time of year, it's probably, it's probably the best time to start in terms of you're probably going to have the most instant gratification that like helps you believe in yourself to do it long-term. Like I started my businesses earlier in the years, like FBA merch started early. Like my first sales came in, I think like April of 2017, but I'd started them like before then to get there. But like I started Amazon KDP in October of 2019 and I'll never forget like three months in, I had made $3,500 profit. And I was like, damn, this is pretty easy. Yeah. In reality, it was like, oh, it's the best time of year, you know? So that was not realistic, but. Yeah, I think too, like I went in with the mindset last year as a beginner, I was like, all right, you know, I'm getting some sales, but don't get too excited, Taylor. Like this is not going to last January. I'm going to drop off the face of the Etsy algorithm nothing's going to happen. I was mentally thinking I would make nothing in January. And then, so when I did, I was like, Oh, okay, well, this is pretty cool. Um, and so it kind of like kept me going. Um, not that people should think the worst, you know, I, I was like painting my own doom. Um, but that helps. <laughs> yeah. Expect the worst and hope for the best. Right. Right. <laughs> but it's funny. Cause like how we f- mentally like frame things, I think has a lot to do with like somehow, some way, the long-term success of any venture, even though it doesn't manifest in like a tangible way as something that will like increase or decrease our sales, but like just showing up every day with the right attitude and like, yeah, any, to me, that was a big thing. Like anybody watching that is like, you're a year in. So I would still say like, you know, at least relative to me, I'm six years in, like you're in an early stage relative to me. And, you know, you obviously like have done whatever you needed to do to jump the hurdles and still continue to show up with a day job. So, I mean, that's really commendable. And uh, in addition to like telling your story on your YouTube channel, like, do you want to plug anything else like that you've got going on with your videos? Uh, Any like email list they should join anything like that? Yeah. So um, I have a set of three mini courses. Um, I kind of divvied them up into just a general print on demand kickstart, getting you started with Etsy print on demand specifically. Um, integrated with Printify, as well as I have an SEO kickstart. I wanted to make that as its own little separate mini course because I think SEO is its own little beast. Um, So I did separate that. And then I'm actually about to release a third free mini course, which is design kickstart. So kind of going back to the basics, thinking about simple, simple cells, but also how can you maybe bring in some elements together and start to get that eye for design that 
we sometimes lack, we lack that creativity. I think as we get a little older, we're not five anymore with our coloring books. Um, so it's a little bit of a struggle, but that course is meant to help with that. Um, so I'll be sure to give those links. Cool. Yeah. I'll put them at the top of the description. And uh, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to be here to tell your story for you know me and everybody else, my audience to get to know you better. Is there anything else you would like to share with us before we wrap up? Um, I'd say my final piece of advice, anybody who's looking to continue their Etsy print on demand journey, or even just start, I think to focus on the visuals, focus on making your shop look complete. I think that's something that people are on a list right from the get go. They forget about the visuals. That is something that I think is really important because people are shopping with their eyeballs. We want to make sure that we give a really good impression. Um, and you do that with the visuals. So that would be my final recommendation that I cannot say enough. Um, but other than that, just believe in yourself. You can do it. You really can. Um, if you don't think that you can, you won't, unfortunately, but believe you can and you will. Yeah. It's funny how many of these interviews I do where I like, I'm talking to somebody who's successful and it, it, a lot of it comes down to that. Like one point right there is it's like, I heard somebody say, ask, believe, receive, you know, and I kind of like that mantra kind of stuck with me. It's, it's almost like, you know, maybe not ask, but whatever, you know what I mean? Just put it out there, yeah. see it and manifest it in your life. You know, it's funny how, how often it, it does end up working, you know? So yeah, it really does. Cool. Well, Taylor, I appreciate uh, having you here and uh, everybody that's watching, make sure to check out her channel. It's the top link in the description as well as her uh, mini courses and Taylor, thank you again. Thank you so much, Ryan. Mm -hmm.